Welcome to the Mojo Mecca. We are a media, wellness and artistry hub that is in celebration of the earth, inspired to live in a mindful, healthful way, humbled by the depths of inner exploration and the power of practicing daily rituals, in love with the beauty of cultures worldwide and the adventurous nature of travel, and dedicated to a life of heart-centeredness, purposeful pursuits, and a whole lot of mojo. Hi guys, so this conversation is with Samantha Neal of Wisdom Within. She does really amazing work with women all about how to lean into their body and lean into their natural cycles and the cycles that we go through every month as women. Um, And she's done a lot of study in this work and a lot of personal practice too, and she really lives it. Um, So we go really in depth into basically what each week of our cycles mean for us and she likes to really consider them as different seasons and so each season obviously has a different energy about it requires different things um, on every level and yeah I think her work is just so empowering and so important for us as women to and it's really the most important work we can be doing as women in my in my personal opinion you know because women more connected to and empowered through our bodies and um, really continuing to remove shame and guilt and um, dis-ease around uh, our menstruation, our blood, um, then we can really, yeah, like I said, just feel so much more empowered in our bodies and have so much more understanding about our needs, really, at at different times of the month and... um, how to really continue to come into more balance within ourselves so that we can have more balance in all aspects of our lives. So yeah, she does really amazing work through um, meditations, workshops, circles, and also one-on-one sessions with women. So mm, this is a very valuable um, podcast and conversation, and I really hope you receive all you need to from it and enjoy it. I was born in Venice Beach, California, like grew up on the boardwalk, which if anyone has been there, like it's definitely a crazy place. Um, And I spent like the first 12 years of my life there. And um, it's funny, I went back for Christmas and I was on my bike and I was, I'm riding around and I just thought like, no wonder I work in boundaries and like talk about having strong boundaries because that place like, it's so hectic and there's so much energy and so many people going through that all the time. And that's where I was living. And like, as a little kid, like I was so shy. And so, yeah, well, everyone thought I was shy, but I think I was just sensitive. Um, But yeah, I think that really shaped me (laughs) growing up there. And um, I lived there until I was 12 and I moved to Hawaii with my mom after that. And her grandma, my great grandma, was um, living in Hawaii, and we, she wanted to go and be closer to her for the last few years of her life. She lived till she was 101, and yeah, she kind of raised my mom, so um, wanted to be closer to her, and as well, just like 
being in LA as a, and that, that age, I think was a lot for me and my brother. Um, so we ended up moving there and, um, like, yeah, coming from LA and then moving to like this house in the jungle with no internet, no cell phone service, no like connection to anything else. Um, I like hated it at first and, um, yeah, I was really salty as a 12-year-old with my mom, but um so grateful for those years I spent with her there. And, like, yeah, really growing um, into myself in a place that's so, that, like, where nature is just so alive. Um, but my my first experience with menstruation, I, I think I was, I think I had just turned 11 or I was 10 about to turn 11. I know I was really young. It was the first one out of my friends. And um, yeah, like I had, you know, like I knew what it was and I, I knew what, I thought I knew what to expect, but I remember, I remember the moment like very clearly and I was in the bathroom of our house. I was still living in, in Venice and um, I saw the blood in my underwear and I was like, I was kind of like, how dare it come right now? Like, I, yeah, I felt this like overwhelming sense of being burdened. And I, that I couldn't believe like that this is what women were dealing with like every month and no one was talking about it. Like it felt so big. And I can remember like even I'm rolling up my sleeves and having this feeling like, okay, I had to clean it up. Um, so my brothers wouldn't see, I had to like get rid of it. I wasn't going to tell anyone but my mom. And just like the sense of like, let's suck it up and, and get on with it kind of feeling. Um, and because I had brothers, like I had only guy friends. And so I just like, I stopped hanging out with them and I just felt like confused really about on what it meant and, and what even like entering fertility like meant and and sad I think I felt sad and I can see why now which was like this end of a childhood but having no guidance in moving forward um and you know I had like a beautiful mom who was open about it and like was you know she got me flowers when I started bleeding and um but I couldn't receive it like I was just yeah really ashamed um so that was my first experience. Um, but then, yeah, I don't know. I, I grew up and um, got used to that being a part of my life. And I didn't really think anything about it. Like I never, yeah, it was just, it just was. So like it was my biology and that was it. Um, and maybe two and a half years ago now, I was a law student in downtown Los Angeles. And um, yeah, like in a very, it was very masculine, very competitive, um, like 12 hours a day on my computer, um, just f pushing really hard. And I was, it was definitely not me, but it was kind of like, I couldn't really, really hear what I wanted. So I just went on with it. And I just felt like I had the worst period pain ever. Yeah, so, and then from there, I felt like this really strong calling to do a silent retreat. And from there, it was on my, like, winter break. Um, everything really changed. I, on the first day of the retreat, I, like, was physically drawn to this book. And it was 
Pussy by Regina. I forget her last name. Um, but I, I haven't, I mean, I haven't read it um, since then, but it kind of just opened my mind up to this idea that we have power within our bodies as in the female body that looks different to a man's and that the way we would possibly function in the world looks different and that there's strength in that. And I was just blown away and felt like the first time I really acknowledged my body as having any sort of wisdom or knowing or intelligence other than keeping me alive, really. Yeah. And then from there, like, like on the third day, like, I remember sitting and I just heard like really quietly quit law school and moved to Australia, which was always my dream to move here like my whole life. And I don't even, like, I didn't make sense then why I was always fixated on Australia. It does now. But, um, so I left there and I, I, the retreat and I, you know, I, the plan was to move to Australia. I quit school and I wanted to be a sex therapist because I felt like the, at that, at that point, the only time in my life where I felt really empowered in my body was like in sexual experiences. Um, yeah, and then I did a training in Byron. I came here first um, about adjusting your yoga practice to your cycle. And that was the first time I had even ever thought of my cycle as being four phases. Like I just thought it was like the bleeding time and the few days before I'm leading up that um, I was more sensitive and like my clothes didn't fit well and I was self-conscious. I, I That was my only awareness of it. Um, yeah, and then it kind of just like evolved from there. Like I was just just reading everything I could, and um, I'm I met beautiful women like teachers that really um, shaped this for me. And um, yeah, and I was like, it's funny to see my like um, my journey because like at the beginning I was like all about you know like um, what yoga poses to do and your bleeding and what not to do and really very. I don't know, like taking that approach to it, but that was just my entryway into this work. Um, so did you mm -hmm. notice in, in like exploring more of the, the phases like of the month, did you notice it like impact, I guess, because obviously there's a lot of like bodily like feeling too. Like for me, when I was a lot less conscious about like my cycle, I used to have a lot more um, mm -hmm. pain and a lot more like discomfort. Mm -hmm. And I feel like once totally. we started like having less, um, also I, I think it's definitely like dietary and lifestyle related to like your bleeding time will show you like mm -hmm. very strongly if, if you're out of balance because it's obviously like, you know, a big definitely. time of release and like, yeah, clarity. and Yeah, and, it's, like, a, it's yeah. an indicator for our health too. And like, yeah, yeah and, and the quality of our month and, and what we're going through and yeah, just like even I have a beautiful friend who like was in a relationship that felt really constricting for years and then had had the worst pain during when she was bleeding and then they broke up. She she ended it and she hasn't like her, her next period was completely pain free. And it's just like I'm not surprised at all, but it's just so beautiful to hear stories like that because you really see the connection between, you know, the health of of an individual and the quality of her bleeding. Mm, yeah yeah I definitely do feel that like it is really it's just such a beautiful like marker of like where you're at in so many mm. different like levels and yeah I would love to hear totally. you know, how, how you see that time like if you could like yeah what's some wisdom that you've gleaned like from your teachers mm. and also from your own like direct experience um, about like how you see that time of menstruation and like what its purpose really is for us as women and like 
yeah, how we can really harness and like work with, with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think for anyone who is interested in this work, um, that's like, I feel like this is kind of the entry point is to like build this relationship with you, with yourself in this time. Um, and that acknowledging that, you know, the history of shame and, and like put on, put on women and, and people in the female form um, when they're bleeding. And like, even I was, I watched this um, documentary last night on Netflix um, called Period, and it was about the realities of bleeding in India. And then, you know, even in Bali, if you go into the temples, it'll say like, do not enter when menstruating. And, and I asked a Balinese woman why, and she was like, because not pure. And, you know, and even in, you know, even in my, in my experience growing up, you see these ads of women in white outfits playing sports and the messages like, you know, use this product and pretend like you're exactly the same, pretend like you're not bleeding, you know, the blue liquid in the ads, like there's this very strong cross-cultural taboo around bleeding and around menstruation. And I really feel like, you know, it started, it's rooted in this fact that in this knowing of our power in this in this space in this time um and that like earth-based people earth-based cultures like i'm generally would have a really big um or have a very important ceremony and initiation for a woman who entered her bleeding years because they they acknowledged um what sustains life you know they honored the earth and they honored the female body and when a, a girl came into bleeding it meant sustaining sustaining them and um you know like um in native american cultures like a, a menstruating woman was sought out for advice for the tribe because they believed in like her psychic abilities and it's this time where actually what, our hormones are at their lowest point and with that uh, it's like our, our minds are also supported to be more still and more quiet. We have like this heightened sense of intuition and access to, to it's time to like be between the worlds. I would see it. And um, yeah, I feel like it, it's like this really small and intimate act, you know, connecting to your blood and connecting to your cycle and connecting to yourself in while you're bleeding. But it also carries like this energy of challenging what we've been taught and this story we have been sold about our blood. And, and that can, you know, feel a bit heavy for sure. But it's like when we do this, when we honor our blood and our, we're conscious of this time, I really feel it, be, it creates us as like these like agents of social change like and and it ripples out into our communities and into our relationships and can fuel your purpose and um yeah yeah it's this this natural pathway um like a feminine pathway to connection and to self-understanding and it really starts with building this relationship um with the menstrual phase of the cycle and it's like where you have that visual cue that oh i'm different like i'm and i'm, I'm i might I need something different in this space and yeah yeah like not every month will be perfect and you know even i had a kind of a social period this last one and whereas like I usually feel very um 
like energetic and and um and like uh, what's the word just very sharp around like day eight or nine of my cycle but I just really wasn't like I just kind of wanted to like crawl into a hole and um yeah just that like it's it's it'll change and it's okay not 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 every time will be perfect but um it's really just kind of how I live my life and and even you know even if you can't take off you know you're you, you can't take off days while you're bleeding like it's just this awareness that you're different in that space and you have access to something different and and maybe it's not that you're you know great with your words or you're really quick with whatever you're doing or you're very expressive or um outgoing but you actually are offering a different energy which is one that's intuitive and one that can yeah that can see things from like this bird's eye perspective which is really what's being supported in your hormones like actually um studies have found that we have the most communication between both hemispheres of the brain at bleeding time like so yeah so we have access to this right brain perspective which is like our you know emotional self-expression creative um side and then our left brain um, which is our analytical thinking in words and numbers um, side. So we have this ability to 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 see our lives from both perspectives and to see on um, what needs our attention and what doesn't. And you know, often for me, like I get I get the most um, like inspired ideas when I'm bleeding, or I mean, and and premenstrually as well. But when I'm bleeding, like everything feels clearer in the direction I'm heading. And it's not that it's the time to take action on those things and to, yeah, like, but it's just the time to sit with yourself. And if you, if you meditate or if you have a practice, like just to see the quality um, of your practice when you're bleeding will be different, most likely. That your hormones in your body are really supporting you to go deeper. Um, yeah, and that, there's something so beautiful about building this relationship with your blood and, you know, like touch your blood, like if you, if that feels comfortable for you, but um, you know, it's full of stem cells and it's very um, nutrient dense and it's just life force. It's what um, would have been used to create another life. And you can, you know, um, water it with your, like um, water your plants with it and see how, how much life, um, is given from it and um that's really transformed my relationship just just to embrace my blood and um yeah yeah in whatever way feels honest for you and maybe um yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah and so you definitely use the um moon cup usually too is that something that you work with when you're bleeding um, I, I actually don't, I like, um, the period underwear or it's what I use right now. Um, and I have been for the last year. There's the one that I use is called Thinks, And then there's an Australian brand called Body Body. Um, but I, because of like the, um, as the blood flows out, like it actually, it actually, it nourishes the walls of the vagina. And, um, so, and I just like, at this point, like, I don't like putting anything inside of me when I'm bleeding. Like, I just want to support that downward movement of energy that's already happening. Mm -hmm. um, and so I like, I just wear the period underwear 
as a way to just, yeah, it feels good for me. Um, I do use the moon cup sometimes to like, if you want to collect the blood. Um, but yeah, I don't use it often, actually. I really love the period underwear as a sustainable option that allows for that blood flow. Mm, no, I've never tried the underwear. I've, I've oh my of, gosh, they're so amazing. Yeah, okay. So how much blood do they usually like collect before you need to change so, them? I don't really know so much. Like honestly, I... Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I can wear one um, pretty much the whole day. Um, they hold like two tampons worth and they're organic cotton, at least the ones that I have. And, um, and then I just like rinse them in a bowl and then put that water in the plants or whatever you want to do with it um, and then just wash them. It's really easy. But yeah, and it, like it doesn't feel like what you would think it would feel like. It, it doesn't f- like at the end of the day, if, if it's a heavy day, you could feel a bit like damp. But um, yeah, I just love them so much. And I think for a lot of women too who are experiencing pain, like, you know, it could be the products that you're using. And yeah, so like at least like I'm definitely organic cotton tampons and pads because like our vagina is the most absorbent portion of the entire body. Um, but if yeah, I fully recommend the underwear. Mm, so interesting. Yeah, I'll definitely have mm. to try it. And, and yeah. it's not overnight too, for sure. It would be very helpful. Um, yeah, mm, I, I, yeah, I really love the moon cup too, but sometimes actually it kind of like, like can leak a little bit too. And like, I don't know, mm. <laughs> I think I, I still really love it. And like for swimming and, and all of that, like it just makes everything yeah, quite easy. Totally. Um, yeah. And it's sustainable. I love that. Um, yeah. I have heard like from some women that, um, like it, it has it has weakened their pelvic floor like they've been able to feel it like during orgasm like a difference from when they were using a cup and when they weren't but I, yeah that, that was just one experience I heard um I haven't personally felt that interesting yeah okay. yeah I'm yeah. gonna try them out mm, you should <laughs> and what about like nourishment through our time of blood like are there yeah in your experience and research and training like how have you um, found it's best and what have you found it best for us to nourish ourselves with? Um, I guess in terms of like foods and then also like um, maybe herbs or different like practices that could be like beneficial, um, like for yeah. Yeah, supporting that time. Of yeah. release. Totally. There's, um, um, there's a woman, uh, her name is Marissa, and her account on Instagram is um, Cyclical Body, and she has a beautiful like a video series of the cycle I highly recommend. I think it's called Wise. and I love how she explains like this way of thinking about when you're bleeding, and it's like this idea of catering to your animal body, like that because blood flows through these rhythmic contractions of the uterus and it actually will flow most easily when you feel safe and when you feel warm and when you feel you have privacy and like I really relate to that like I can feel very vulnerable and exposed to the outside and if I go in public I feel kind of awkward and like yeah like I just I I need like I need space where I feel I can really let go and feel safe doing that. And so creating that for yourself, I think is like the most important thing. Even if it's just, you know, if you have to go to work, 
coming home to that and um, I'm finding the things that you can say no to and that you can rein yourself back in and where you can protect your boundaries so like and and what you're consuming so even on social media like being really mindful of that when you're bleeding because you're so impressionable at this point and alcohol and caffeine for sure um yeah just being your own protector with that um and because warmth you know is so important for blood flow you know making sure your feet are covered and eating really warming foods like even if it's hot out like easily undigestible foods will will support you best and where for me like in the premenstrual phase i get really hungry and i feel like it's kind of like autumn like you're you're storing everything you need and when i'm actually bleeding i, I find I don't really I'm not really that hungry and I like prefer soups and um chocolate um but there is a book on diet for your phases um like yeah foods to eat by Alyssa Vitti called woman code that's um really gets into it and yeah she, she shares it beautifully for food um specific um yeah and yeah, I think like I have a, I was working with a woman who um, for a few months and uh, she, she shared recently that because um, she works in like the corporate world and finance and, and she said that she was going into a meeting and she was bleeding and um, like it was with an imposing party and, and they were asking her questions and she had this like gut instinct to like not answer that question and then she found out later that um and they were trying to like to catch her into saying something and she she told me she's like I honestly like I feel like if I wasn't bleeding I, I wouldn't have felt that I wouldn't have felt that I shouldn't answer that and I don't know I just really I liked that because it just illustrates um our capacity and what we have access to even if we're going about our lives um lots going on in the body um, and we want to support that so more sleep and um, more space of reflection and if that's like journaling for you or if that's um, yeah I mean and I think with like a ritual um, it's beautiful to incorporate at this time and and but that's just like whatever you want to do to like bring awareness to something and um, like for me I have a a red slip that I got from the op shop for like two bucks and I wear that every time I'm bleeding and um, I have a journal that I only write in when I'm bleeding and um, yeah like a candle I only um, light and so there's just these things that I do to to honor this time and to recognize where I'm at and to like it's yeah it's been it's been interesting um <laughs> because I am in a relationship and it's um, quite fresh and um, like before, before, but when I was like alone, I like connecting to your cycle felt a little bit easier. <laughs> like it's a little bit trickier trying to incorporate someone else into, into this work um, and being, but being able to communicate what you need in this space um, and maybe doing that before you start bleeding because you're not as great with your words and articulation in that space. Um, but yeah just small ways to let the people around you know that's that um like how to be with you i guess exactly. and especially for those people who like yeah who have like painful periods too like to 
to incorporate something that um, makes you feel good so that it's not, it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm getting my period tomorrow. And like, even if that's like, if you have, like, if you, if you, you know, can get a massage or if you can do something that like, that you look forward to, so it on the first day of um, your period. So you just feel a little bit more. um, Yeah. Like it's, it's not as like, it's not just the pain that you're experiencing maybe. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, there's beautiful herbs for supporting your cycle. Um, raspberry leaf and nettle are like the best, I think, um, just as a way to like clear out the excess estrogen in the body and to just really nourish and feed the womb and very iron rich. Um, but there's also like cramp bark as like a muscle relaxant. Um, and red clover heard it's really good that I've actually been really drawn to recently. Um, and magnesium is really great if you have any like strong cramps or pain. And that like even you know slowing down, slowing down is not easy, you know, especially in this world that tells us it's a weakness. And um, it's really hard. Like even for me, I can find myself like as I'm like the first day, like. I, of my cycle when I'm bleeding, like I can find myself being like, I have this and this to do. And it's like, it's like kind of like, it's not, yeah, I just feel, I find a lot of guilt actually sometimes mm-hmm. about taking the space and um, just that, like, you know, we, we live in a world where productivity is our God and being busy is what we all like feel good to say. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, like, for one, we can actually be more productive if we're able to rest now when we're best, you know, supported to receive it. Um, but also, like, it's challenging this idea, this idea that being productive is your worth, and that actually, like, the rest and reflection part of the cycle is as important to support productivity. Um, it really teaches us this, I think, connecting to your cycle and this work and yeah, as well as just like connecting to the rhythms of life and where you come from and of creation. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I also, mm. I was just reflecting on that too. And I think I was talking about that similar thing with a friend, um, maybe not as much to do with like cycle, but like it's all obviously cyclical and like relevant, but also just like the full spectrum yeah. of like um, emotions too and um, how so many people like mm. struggle with anxiety and depression and it's just you know we all do but many people like try to um avoid those aspects or like think that they're like something to be um ashamed of or something to hide about ourselves or something that's wrong with us but also like that's something that's just a part of the cycle and the the spectrum of life and Mm -hmm. um the spectrum of like human emotion exactly totally and that you feel like, you feel like this, like, like, even when I feel those feelings, like, I feel like I've built this, like, unshakable trust with this rhythm of life and, and trusting that it will change and trusting that, like, even if it's not comfortable and it's not easy and, like, I definitely um, can, like, have, you know, experience anxiety and, yeah, things like that. But um, just with this work, I think it, it um, it's like this practice of living openly to these transitions and to these um, feelings and emotions and um, yeah, trusting them towards life, moving towards growth. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it also like, it will also spill out into how, you know, it, 
it's like any all the transitions like um, your menstruation and your menstruating years and um conception and birth and um and menopause like all of these transitions um i feel like at every point our culture the west has like you know um disempower it's been disempowering like i think it will affect or i know that it will affect how you how um you enter birth and how you see menopause and um yeah yeah like just that relationship of trust and knowing um that they can be like these portals and these doorways for growth and for a new level of understanding mm-hmm. instead of like being fearful of it and and disassociating within like this narrative of the aging woman and it's just like how it's just bullshit actually mm-hmm. and you know that woman with crone wisdom it was like just that truth telling um aspect that she has and that we're actually kind of afraid of and that's you know the premenstrual time is like very challenging for so many women and because it's so intense and because everything is more amplified and anything that you're really working with in your life will be extra loud here because your tolerance is just lower but actually like thank god that we have that really because it shows us what we're working with it shows us what needs our attention and how we can you know um, reposition ourselves um to address what's going on like a maintenance mechanism i actually feel really passionate about the premenstrual phase and like changing the narrative around it Mm. yeah because i feel like this phase even more than the menstrual phase is the one that most women um are challenged by Mm yeah i yeah as you were speaking i was just thinking well there is obviously a very clear reason why there was always like initiation and like, um, you know, ritual around those Mm -hmm. times and like um, of a woman entering a new phase and also for men too, in different phases that like they go through in their um, Mm -hmm. development. But um, yeah, I feel like, yeah. Why so many women struggle with um, yeah, the connection to their blood and connection to like, development (laughs) towards being like Mm. a woman um menstruating woman is yeah because it isn't celebrated or recognized or um even if like like same with you you said like you had a supportive mum but there was still that narrative that hadn't been like unwound Mm. (laughs) within you Mm. totally and it's because we're 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 products of you know our surroundings and our culture and like it's like hundreds of years of patriarchal conditioning that we carry just like because and even if you look at you know like we as women like are as um you develop all your eggs when you're 17 weeks old in your mother's womb so um like your grandma when she was pregnant with your mom um at 17 weeks old you were that potential of life and so like it really just shows like everything she was experiencing everything she was feeling eating like you know, that, that that was being used to create you. And for me, like, I think about that. My grandma was born in a Japanese internment camp in World War II in California called Manzanar. And I think of, yeah, like, that's where she comes from. And, and um, how that, even though I have, I have no idea of what life could have been like there, but how that somehow actually very literally imprinted in my DNA and that 
all all people in the female body we like we have experienced like yeah so much um and that we carry so much as well and that it's really big that and when we do this work and it can yeah like i said before it can really feel heavy at times mm, yeah but then mm. you know also like as you were saying that i was just thinking like us doing this work now is just having such a monumental shift for like our mm. generations to come and like the women um, yeah. our men that will like seed through us you know and like that will be a, like yeah a exactly Mm. exactly like we're just the ancestors for these people that we don't even know but how beautiful that we're like rewriting these stories and um actually like, we are creating change even if we can't see it now um yeah and I, like i saw i think it's so important to bring men into the conversation and i think they're really hungry for knowing for knowing about it and interested at least like i know that's i mean i know i'm not everywhere is that but at least um I know some men who are, and I think it can be really healing for them as well to, to know, like, this is where I come from. Like, I don't know, like, and they're also sold the story of being afraid of it. And like, you know, even having um, sex with a woman while she's bleeding, like it's, I feel like growing up, it was always like, if the guy was okay with it, you know, like, but actually like, it's an honor. Like I'm actually allowing you into me in the space. Like there's no, it, yeah, it's not up to him. But I think it's important for, for men to see us in this space and, and they learn something from that. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And there's like, yeah, you have to really feel into like whether you want the man inside you in that time too. Like it's another mm. process, totally. I think, like a lot, like a lot more mm. of a process than like just general or like if you're ovulating or in your general, like other way. Yeah. I find, yeah, you have to really mm. like be a lot more intentional with it and make sure like, yeah, you really want to, but my experience has also been like very, yeah, like obviously you're very heightened in a lot of ways. And like, I find it can be like very powerful. Mm. Too. Totally. Mm. And I also think it's like, even like your sexuality is something to, it's just to be curious about how it changes throughout your cycle and the like difference. And if you, when you are ovulating, like I just feel like it's very like hungry and I'm very like, um, focused like it's yeah I don't but then in the premenstrual phase where I'm a bit more withdrawn and internal what I need in that space is probably a lot di is usually different and like where it could not even be penetration but something else and really being able to like um to go at your own pace and to really honor yourself and and teach your partner to honor you as well there are so many amazing men out there and I I'm glad that you like brought up that discussion too because I'm yeah I just think men are amazing totally and I think there's a lot of men bashing and which I, I get it in some ways I get anger but I we need everyone in the conversation um yeah yeah um mm. so do you want to speak a little bit about um the other weeks of the cycle too that so we can be more aware in like in each phase of the cycle and yeah what they yeah, what yeah totally and what we can do and how we can like kind of flow with it in more of a cyclical way yeah um yeah totally there so i like to i like to teach the phases in um 
like through the season. So as a way to represent energetically what's happening within the four phases of the menstrual cycle, we can learn a lot about, about it from the seasons and, and what the different seasons are asking from us. Um, and so, so yeah, so we talked about um, menstru the menstrual phase and that would be like very reflective of winter and that's that time where our hormone levels are at their lowest and we have this increased need for sleep and it's a reflective, intuitive time where we're very supported to go deep and um, yeah, to get insight. Um, and then, so the first day of bleeding would be day one of your cycle. And then you would count up from there. And if, you know, if your cycle is 28 days, then day one and um, day 28 would be the same day. But if you have like a 32-day cycle or 22-day cycle, you know, it's, it's all good. I think only 40% of women actually have 28-day cycles. Um, so somewhere around there. And then, you know, around... Um, Day three of the cycle is when, you know, the first hormone is introduced, which, you know, initiates this new cycle. It's FSH, follicular stimulating hormone, enters the body. I don't know if you've ever been like around day three of the cycle, you might find um, that your perspective might shift and you might have um, a bit more energy and you like for me, I feel like a little bit of like a revival and that's that rebirth into spring. Um and this phase, it's it's more masculine in, in energy. And so this is probably the phase that we're trying to rest in all month long because our world is so supportive of that way of functioning, where we have you know access to lots of energy and our estrogen is increasing as that um, egg or ovum is maturing and producing its own estrogen. And so it's like, there's like this building up to this phase, like you're building up to the peak of creation, which is ovulation or summer. Um, or like the full moon is also reflective of ovulation, but so it's this a momentum, a momentum, and um, yeah, this time to like you know get shit done and to work hard, you can you can handle it. I think a lot of this work is so much about slowing down and 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 reining yourself in um, to support yourself, but it's also about you know pushing yourself and being brave and taking chances and doing things that scare you. And the follicular phase, the spring phase, will, will support you in that. Um, so that builds up to ovulation, where a lot of people think that ovulation is like you know a few days long, but it, it's really just this one moment where the egg bursts from its follicle, and that is um, that happens when there's like this peak level of estrogen because the egg has been producing it, and that triggers LH, luteinizing hormone, to be which is um, released in the pituitary gland in the brain. Um, travels down into the ovaries and causes causes that moment of ovulation and um yeah it's you know it's a it's a time where we have peak levels of estrogen and testosterone and where which you know our, our social skills our verbal skills are heightened and we're very expressive um it, you know it's like the full moon we're visible and, and, and like our egg, you know, at the, at the moment of ovulation, the egg is the largest cell in the human body. And, um, it is, you know, it's, it's calling in any surrounding sperm. It's calling it towards her and this power of attraction and magnetism. Um, we also have at this phase. So like, you know, having those more difficult conversations, we will probably be best received or in this space because, um, yeah, we're just better with our words and as well. Like I like to think of ovulation as like that typical way that we view being female. So we're 
you know, hormonally supported because estrogen is this experience of being very accommodating and, and sensual and maternal. And for me, I really, I really feel a draw to connect and to like tend to my relationships and call my mom or just, I call her all the time, but, but like call my friends from home and really um, prioritize that um, because I just have, I have the capacity for it. And yeah, so energy levels are still quite high at this point. Um, and yeah, ovulation is really a time to be seen in the world. And it's a time to enjoy that more feminine energy um, that we have access to. And it's, you can still work hot, like hard. We, we're supported in that. Um, yeah. And then um, as, so then that structure, that, um, the egg bursts from the follicle and that follicle becomes what is known as the corpus luteum, which begins to produce its own progesterone. So this half of our cycle is very progesterone dominant um, and which is a different experience. If you think of, you know, if you think of fall, it's that waning, it's that, it's like that descent down into yourself. If anyone has experienced like stronger dreams during the premenstrual phase, which I definitely have, um, I just take it as this cue that our subconscious is stronger at this point. Um, and I feel like it's like this descent down into yourself and the progest like, yeah, the premenstrual phase, like I said, is, um, can be really challenging and really intense because our tolerance becomes lower because we need more space to ourselves. We need, and we need more time to do things. Um, we just need more alone time. And that, yeah, if you are experiencing a lot of premenstrual symptoms, uh, a lot of stress or tension, you know, it's this time I feel like to ask yourself, and what is it that you want experiencing or expressing that you're not? Um, and going from there and, and really seeing that you're this, this way of being it, during the premenstrual phase is an attempt to bring you emotional clarity. Um, and even though it can be very uh, discom or uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, we definitely have lower tolerance, less patience. Um, you know, like I seem to pick a fight with my boyfriend every, for the past three months, every time I'm premenstrual. And I think it's this way I have of like creating more space for myself. Like even because I can't really articulate on what I need, it's harder to have the words, but that's my way of getting my own space. Um, and I'm, yeah, trying to find a better way. Um, yeah, but it's harder in the moment for sure. It's also that like the premenstrual phase, because it's the longest phase of the cycle, we're, we're here for a long time, you know, 12 to 14 days. And be a more, and we're actually more active through our right brain during the premenstrual phase. So our right brain is our self-expression, our creative capacity, our, um, our visual learning. And I feel very creative in this phase. Um, and it like, yeah, yeah. Um, I like to, to, to write a lot here and, um, yeah. So just, just knowing that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you can't be productive when you're premenstrual. You definitely can, but you just have access to this like right brain um, beauty that um, if you can lean into that, you can really optimize that. Um, and then, yeah, then so progesterone is, you know, increasing and then the corpus luteum eventually dies 
and then there's there's nothing left um to like hold up the walls of the uterus um because there's no hormones being produced so then the walls begin to like to shed which results in menstruation um and then we're back and then yeah it's that winter death phase and then back to spring so yeah Mm, such a beautiful explanation i think yeah Mm, thank you like see it in a seasonal sort of sense too then you kind of have that like yeah healing and that kind of like yeah like because you have a direct experience of seasons you know so you can like tap into that in understanding um yeah what would nourish you at that time like yeah what what it's gonna the like yeah and you just think of like how much the paces of your lives change in winter over summer you know like in summer in australia right now it feels very social and like the days are so much longer and there's so much more to do it's very yang and energy and that's definitely ovulation whereas during winter like you know a lot more darkness a lot more stillness you're going home earlier like if you're looking to nature it's asking you to slow down and that's definitely reflective of of our menstrual phase and like the same thing with the moon if 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 you resonate with the moon more um following that and what she has to teach us about the phases Mm -hmm. and so i'm curious if like in your training and um yeah from your perspective um is the most ideal time to be um bleeding the new moon is that what they teach or is it like specific no i like i i mean yeah i um i don't know tons about this but just i do know that like for me it's like i'm wherever your cycle is at is is perfect like you know you i mean your cycle is always working with you it's like you're never wrong for bleeding at different a different moon um but they have said that um bleeding with the dark and new moon and ovulating with the full moon is like very is is the most supportive of fertility um so yeah and 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 that um but then as well if you're bleeding with the full moon and ovulating with with the new it's 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 said to be a a time where um you aren't like your creative capacity and energy isn't going towards like the creation of another life but it's actually um, a time of service towards the community and giving back and you know birthing something else um yeah, yeah yeah but that like you know in our um our nomadic um you know however long ago that was when we were living in that way um and women would bleed with the new and dark moon um because the light of the full moon actually tr- triggers ovulation in women so yeah. and, it, and then it made sense for all the women to, to bleed together and they could stop and put up camp and um and be together for that moment and, and then and they could all continue on um once they were finished and the woman who was bleeding at, at the full moon she could kind of be there as um as support for the bleeding women because she she was ovulating most likely at that point mm-hmm. wow yeah, yeah. so interesting i yeah mm-hmm. personally like for the last um year since i've been in like, i was in full-time study and I feel like my my cycle changes quite a lot depending on my location and depending on like what I've been doing. Um, like yeah, different locations. I'll like either be bleeding on the new moon for a long time, or sometimes full moon. 
And for the last year, it's been actually like half moon. Um, so I don't know if there's a, like any sort of like, mm. I don't know, ideas about that, but it's usually like just when the moon's half. Yeah, I would look, I mentioned her before, but I'm cyclical body. I'm sure she has something on this. Mm-hmm. Um, she, yeah, she has a lot of wisdom about the moon specifically and the cycles. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's so interesting. Just like in my own life, like I, I, I definitely change between the full and the, and the new moon mm-hmm. and how it's like, it makes so much sense and where I'm at and, mm-hmm. and what I, the direction I want to go. Yeah, it's really interesting because now actually like currently I'm like very premenstrual and kind of like if I was in my like 28 day cycle should have been bleeding like a few days ago. But I feel like Mm. since being in Bali, I'm like shifting more to bleeding on the new moon or something. So I feel like it'll probably happen. It happened to me in Bali as well. Like I, it, it, it changed. Like I think there's just something happening there in general, but um, I, I definitely, felt that with different spaces and then as well like traveling in general can just alter your cycle your body is like oh it's not really safe to have a baby right now like it it, it, it's not trying to create another another life because it wants yeah um like you're most um, fertile I'm sure when you feel safe and when you, you like you feel you're in a familiar space um so traveling can definitely alter your cycle and I've had friends who like just don't get their cycle when they're bleeding I mean when they're traveling Mm, interesting yeah I was going to ask you about like your perception on um women who um lose their cycle for a while because I know it's definitely well Mm. I I personally went through um an eating disorder like through my teens and obviously like my body just Mm. stopped bleeding to conserve energy and um it took me quite a few years actually to really get it back in a in a solid way and um yeah Mm. it actually took a lot of um uh, I don't know. I think it was also when I got into a relationship and um, really started to feel like safe to like connect more to my womb and to my sexuality again. It really like just switched back on. Um, but I know that, yeah, yeah many, yeah. Um, many, many women like maybe haven't got their um, cycle for, for a while and like maybe are confused about it or um, I'm sure there's many different like reasons yeah. to go into that. But yeah, I'm wondering like what, what you think about that yeah totally um i i was working with a woman who um she like she owns her own business and is very um like yeah like very focused and driven and she lives in a city and um she wasn't bleeding and but the but the the times that she did bleed in the past year were all when she was at a meditation retreat or or she like had some space of rest and I thought that was really interesting and just like showing just the intelligence of our body and how if you are in like um you know if you're if you're in if you if your lifestyle is one where where you're exposed to a lot of stress you know like your body is smart and and doesn't want to bring a baby into that into that and and will focus and put its energy towards surviving over fertility because that's lower on the list of priorities um and so that i mean yeah for her at least it seemed and she felt that too it seems like she needed to pull back 
to tell her body that that it was allowed to rest at this point and and, and that was when her cycle had returned um yeah yeah and i um i think that's a, like a common story like in this world just like very like because we're expected to function like men in, in this masculine world um it is really hard to like yeah give our body and what it needs so then in turn it um isn't focusing on our fertility and focusing on um continuing and um being alert and surviving um yeah um there there's like definitely herbs um I posted on my Instagram actually. There's this book, Herbal Healing for Women by Rosemary Gladstar, and she has a few things for if you know if you um, aren't bleeding, some herbs to incorporate into your life as well. Like that, um, just be, if you haven't bled, being around another menstruating human will actually can bring on your your period because like I think we secrete uh, pheromones at this point and which I just think is, is a really beautiful thing. Like other women can bring on your cycle, which is, or bring on, yeah, bring on your bleeding, which just shows that like we are these creatures of connection with, and that we um, function better together. And um, yeah, just how connected we really are. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just, it will, you know, be different for every person and especially like PCOS and endometriosis, like it's definitely like those conditions are rising. Um, and because of like all the toxins and hormones in our foods and like in like the, you know, meat and dairy industries, like we're absorbing those on some level and it will definitely have an impact on our cycle. And for sure, like I was on the, the birth control pill for years and how much that can affect our cycle. Like it's, it's a very, our endocrine system is very, it's sensitive um, and very sensitive to our surroundings. And so if you're not bleeding, like really taking a look in a holistic way, the factors that could be contributing to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much at play. It's good to really look at so many different aspects of your life and, and, and start to make little shifts and, um yeah also I just feel like yeah it's just like a general um I know for me like for a while I almost like it's not like I forgot about like my connection to my womb but I just like wasn't really focusing on that or like I didn't really have positive like role models or like I don't know my friendship group for a while when I was like kind of still in my teens we just didn't really talk about it so much when I was more in my kind of I don't know, socialite, like going out a lot and that sort of thing. And this, the focus mm-hmm. really wasn't on like womb health or like sexual health yeah. to that at all. So I just feel like with more awareness too, and more like consideration and even just like holding your womb or like, you know, just maybe in meditation, like focusing mm-hmm. on sending more energy there can like have a really beautiful, like, yeah. Yeah. Benefits. 100% and it's so interesting like I'm not a doctor obviously and like I don't tend to be to know this but how like it is ha- it, it has happened I'm working with women just bringing this awareness to the fact that they have a cycle with four phases and and you know just um, ways of connecting like if they haven't bled or if they have PCOS like their symptoms will start to disappear and like there's I can't explain that you know but just and this idea of bringing a loving energy and attention to this part of ourselves that, you know, in the female body is very critical to our vitality and to our lives. 
um yeah yeah and then like just to to create that you know conversation amongst your friends and something I, it's so beautiful I'm where I'm at is that you know with friends we'll always just check in like and where are you at in your cycle and and just even to be held accountable for checking in oh, like where am I actually and then to also offer support if your friend is like on day 28 or day one and being like oh babe like um, what do you need can I get you anything or just um that support and that understanding um feels so good and yeah being around older women and and um has for me like been so huge and to hear their stories and um and yeah just to learn from them and to build like just to have strong strong women around you um yeah Mm -hmm. yeah totally yeah and I think even just like for people like tuning in to like listening to this podcast or like reading more like or looking at more information um, or like from different sources that are talking about these things. And, and it just all comes like more into your field, I think. And then your body, you know, with its innate wisdom and also, yeah, just all of your beautiful, like different energetic bodies can kind of like receive it, you know, and like you're putting your awareness more to that and it can obviously like, totally. yeah, have, have physical effects. Yeah. And it's so beautiful just to see how like, it, this I feel like it's kind of growing like this this awareness and this a movement towards embracing our cyclical nature and our blood like it feels like it's yeah opening up and um I think like we'll all feel it you know even on on a very subtle what level and that like yeah um that we're all connected in some ways and that we're doing this together even if we're not aware of each other um yeah mm-hmm. yeah it feels like it feels like um I don't know, decolonization in some ways, <laughs> like really just like taking the time yeah. to like unlearn a lot of those old beliefs, you know, that weren't yours to begin with and just really rediscovering your own connection again. And like, it's a very empowering thing and a very like personal thing, but also a very like, yeah, just general womanly thing that you can connect to other women on. And yeah. And obviously like a yeah. lifelong and process and a lifelong like journey and cycle and yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly like, it, like that's what I love about this book it, it's like it's there with you to the end it's like it'll always be there you're you're always it'll always change it'll always grow it'll always um get deeper in some way and that like our cycles like in in our menstruating years are really just this way of practicing I'm um, living in trust with it and yeah and like decolonizing the womb so I think of just questioning the ways that we've internalized the patriarchy and because we all have in some way um and and this work is is i it feels like such a beautiful way and feminine way of addressing it so i would really love to hear more about um yeah how you share this work and because i know you do quite a lot of beautiful workshops and you also do sessions with people and yeah different like women's circles Mm -hmm. so i'd love to hear what your offerings have been in in kind of yeah obviously learning this for yourself and then feeling inspired to yeah put it out there more and more with the world yeah I'd love to hear what you what you've been doing and how you've been sharing it yeah yeah it's definitely like I'm I'm still like it's still new to me to share this work um like maybe a year I've been starting it and it feels scary sometimes but it just feels like this education is so needed like I just 
it's what we should have all had. I feel like it's our birthright. And even though like it's, yeah, it, I can feel nervous. I'm leading up and like, but it's not, a, it just feels so important. It's not even about me, but um, yeah, I have been doing workshops and I have, I just had one yesterday and I um, will have one coming up in the Gold Coast in two weeks. And um, I'm going to share one in Sydney. I, I haven't had the date yet, but I'll do that at the end of March. And, um, and then I, yeah, I'm teaching at South Coast Soul Festival in August, um, like alongside like a teacher of mine um, in yoga and Rod Stryker's teaching. And it's just going to be a really beautiful festival. I feel really honored to be a part of it. Um, but so I've been like sharing it in that way. And um, I, um, and then yeah, I offer private sessions like on Skype or in person. And that's just like kind of like more organic way of, and very personal because we're working just one-on-one -on -one. and um, I'm, you know, I learn from every person that I'm with actually. And it's so helpful for me to hear their stories as well. Um, and just to offer what I've learned. Um, and yeah, I'm going to, um, I'm like in the midst of uh, creating a meditation podcast, which will like feature a lot of um, womb connecting and just connecting to this inherent intelligence within our bodies that we all have access to that, you know, we always have had access to. Um, and that feels really exciting and fun. Um, and yeah, I just like, um, creating like a tea, a tea for um, cycle supportive or um, with um, cycle supportive herbs, um, with a friend of mine. And that feels fun as well. Um, and yeah, those are kind of the offerings that are in the midst. It feels like a lot, like there's new things coming, which, yeah, just putting myself out there in a different way, which feels, um, um, yeah, it feels good and sometimes overwhelming. <laughs> um, yeah. And then as well as um, a mentor of mine, Rosie Matheson, she's just so beautiful. She does a lot of work in fertility and supporting fertility and birth as well, empowered birth. And um, uh, she's, yeah, she's been played a huge role in my journey. Um, like she, she holds a circle every other week, just a women's circle um, where, yeah, where that's kind of what I'm a part of that I've just found it's just so important to me um and I yeah I'd love to offer a more experiences of that in the future mm -hmm. I think what's really present for me right now is is like I feel um just incorporating incorporating a relationship into this work and how like kind of before I was in it kind of how naive I was about about asking for space and about um yeah and how much it can be a bit trickier but how um beautiful it can be to have someone witness you through these changes and I feel really like just that feels really alive in me um and I would love to share about that more um and share with just people who menstruate and then people who love people who menstruate and really opening up this message to a more broader um yeah audience and yeah group of people i totally resonate with yeah i think i'm that too because i've just been like um in a new relationship for the last few months also and yeah it's mm. yeah it's definitely like different to like yeah it's, just navigate it's powerful but like 
really beautiful to like have someone just be there and like what, even though if they might not completely understand you know they're just like there and like supportive and open and listening and mm. obviously you need like a, a man that um or a woman like that does really um support that um and, and yeah it's really unique, so. for sure yeah but it's definitely yeah I, I love the power. I, I think relationships are so powerful and so beautiful and like what, what can be created between um, two people. I mean, for me, I feel most resonant with just um, yeah. the person. But yeah, I think that's very profound. Also for like a woman to just feel like she is just so loved and held by someone else. Like I feel like so much can unravel through that um, mm. just naturally. And also, like through um, totally like love making process too, and um, being with someone who who you can really surrender and unravel with, like it's very profoundly healing. That's also mm. like very um, yeah. real and like up for me right now too. <laughs> yeah, and just like there, yeah, just to have a man present with me, like how healing that that can be and is and has been and. And I like just realizing how little I've gotten it in the past. Um, and I, yeah, I really feel like that energy when you like in a relationship, it kind of like, I feel like you can grow almost quicker with someone because you're kind of forced to in a way. And, and but then it feels like this energy that you're creating together, it can, it's so powerful. Like you can like move mountains together is what it feels like at the moment. Um, yeah, which is a, a different experience than I've ever had before. Mm-hmm. yeah I really do resonate yeah. with that it's beautiful like it's beautiful to love yeah. someone so it's much it's so too. beautiful yeah <laughs> you're just grateful at yeah. the same time and just so like totally and like just your capacity to love like it's like because it is a scary thing like it's love is like really scary actually but yeah just that and that willingness to trust and um yeah, and I feel like which is in Bali too. It's it's so like romantic at this place that yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you yeah. can connect to you through mainly through your um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm getting my website um is being redone, so that's in the works currently. But you can find me on Instagram um at wisdom within. Um, but yeah, but a website should be coming soon. So I would love to hear about like the shift between, um, yeah, your name change and everything. Cause I know you did that recently and I know that's always like, it can look like something small, but like, there's usually like some energetic shift behind it and why you felt like you needed to like call it something yeah. new and yeah. Yeah. There's a, so much, like, it was, I was kind of like dying to change it actually. Like it was just a moon tribe, a Yogini, which just felt really small and kind of like girlish. And I just was like, so I kind of for the last year, I've been really ready to move out of it. I hadn't I found something that I really felt. Um, but wisdom within just felt like more timeless and more like me in this moment and, and what I want to offer going forward. And just like a more inclusive way to like yogini is is the feminine version of the yogi and i just yeah i just wanted to be more inclusive with the message and and something that everyone can resonate with wisdom within just felt um so right and yeah i was really like so ready for that change um and just in 
yeah, and going forward and, and, and the limbs I want to offer under that larger umbrella of the message that we have this innate wisdom within us all. Yeah, beautiful. I love that name. Yeah. Thank you. Really, yeah, it's, it's like simple, but it's just the most like profound also. <laughs> like wisdom <laughs> yeah like I just feel like anyone who read that can understand it in a way mm -hmm. mm. Okay. well um, I'm very grateful for this conversation I it's really like reconfirmed a lot of things for me that um, maybe I didn't have like the language for and I'm like really grateful that you're doing this work too and yeah I, I'm just yeah I hope that anyone who like really needs to like hear this um, message really just naturally finds this this podcast or finds you and your work. Um, mm. I think it's yeah the most important work that we can be doing as women because it just really um, mm. can affect every aspect of our lives uh, in a very positive way and yeah. a very empowering way. Um, yeah, there's a lot more I could say, but I think yeah. you said so much through what you. <laughs> through what you shared and like, yeah, mm. I love the way that you share it too in a really like gentle, but like very profound way too. And yeah, it seems like you, you just, this is just your life's work, you know? And I, I think the way that you share about it too is, is really beautiful and profound, um, but also easy for people to mm. listen to and digest, you know, and, um, and incorporate. Yeah. So yeah, I'm grateful. Thank you, Chloe. <laughs> really appreciate that and yeah it's it's yeah beautiful just I love working with women especially women that inspire me and yeah I really am grateful for you valuing this work and yeah having me on and um yeah yeah it feels so good <laughs>